Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in uh, to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesdays wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. We have got a lot to discuss. Serious topics typically going to be on the table today. Uh, and I just finished the Clay and Buck show. I'd encourage you to go listen to that as we had Andy McCarthy, Kelly Leffler, and Kellyanne Conway as our guest. And obviously, right off the top, uh, an 18-year-old in Uvalde, Texas, uh, killed 19 elementary school kids, uh, shot his grandma, killed a school teacher, and there are a lot of questions surrounding what exactly happened and how to prevent this going forward. So let me take a step back. I'm not going to be responding emotionally. I'm going to be responding logically, which is, I think, what people in positions with audiences should do, which is the exact opposite of most of the time what happens on social media, where an event occurs and then everybody uh, reacts emotionally and emotion governs over rationality. So let me take a step back. I'm a parent. I've got... Uh, Two elementary school kids. In fact, if you were listening to the radio show today, my kids got out for summer, my first grader and my fifth grader, uh, in the middle of the radio program today. Nobody else was around to be able to go pick them up, so I had to leave my Clay and Buck radio show, go pick up my kids. On most days, I drive my kids to school virtually every day or walk my kids to school On many days, I also go pick them up at the end of the school day. I have done that for years. We're fortunate to have a local neighborhood school. The reason why I bring this up is I think a lot about the security inside of a neighborhood school. There is an armed police officer inside of my kid's elementary school. I cannot enter that school in the wake of Columbine, in the wake of Sandy Hook. They have all of the doors locked in the school. I have gone to the school before, having forgotten my driver's license. I'm not allowed into the school, even though I've had schools, uh, kids in that school for a long time, and everybody knows who I am. In order to get into the school, I have to push a button outside. I have to hold up my ID. They then buzz me in, and they then will also allow me in through another door into the office to be able to pick my kids up, to be able to drop my kids off whatever I am interested in doing, in order to enter the school, I have to go through locked doors. So my first reaction when I hear that another mentally insane individual has decided to take aim at children is, how did this guy get into the school? I still have not heard how this guy got into the school. I still have not heard the details on whether there were armed security inside of the school, and if so, what happened. Those are incredibly important details. From a parental perspective, there is nothing more sickening for me to even think about than something happening to my kids. I can only imagine how awful it feels to have your child's life taken for any reason 
by an act of violence. I hope that I never have to experience it. Just thinking about it as a parent, as anybody who has kids would know, is utterly devastating. So I cannot imagine and hope to never even have to think about it in a serious degree what those parents are dealing with. And I want for parents to never have to deal with this again. Same thing I said after Sandy Hook. Same thing I was in college when Columbine happened. My pledge to you is I'll never use the shooter's names, okay? I want to actually make tangible actions on myself that will hopefully lead to less of these shootings. What they tell us is that the more we make these shooters famous, the more we incentivize people with broken minds, with major mental health issues, to act out violently like this. So um, that is what I always pledge. I'm not going to spend time making these guys famous. There are oftentimes cluster shootings around this. We just had Buffalo. I talked about it, said the same thing. I'm not going to make uh, these guys famous, at least using my platform and spreading news about them. Okay, So uh, you've heard me talking about it on Clay and Buck. The things that I want to know are tangible. How did the shooter get into the school? Was there armed security there? If not, why was that armed security not able to protect all of the children and all of the adults inside of that school? I want to know the answers to that. Um, Also, there are many other things that I think are legitimate conversations that we can have. It appears that this 18-year-old legally bought both of these weapons that may have been used in this attack. In other words, there was no law broken there. He did break the law, of course, when he brought a weapon to school and when he took the lives of those kids. So my position is every school in America should have an armed police officer inside the school. My own kids have it at their elementary school. I am in favor of it happening everywhere. uh, And I would support that because I think it could be, could be, a, uh, a deterrent from someone who is crazy that if they know that they are going to be confronted by armed security, they are less likely to try to attack young, innocent children, okay? Those are the conversations that I think we should be having as the details come out. What we should not be doing, because it is often counterproductive, is reacting emotionally and making choices that actually make things worse. And I'll give you an example. Today is the two-year anniversary of the George Floyd uh, murder, okay? The reaction to George Floyd by Democrats, goaded on by social media, was to defund the police, to demonize all police. As a result, murder rates have skyrocketed, and the people who are bearing the brunt of those skyrocketing murder rates are overwhelmingly black. So Black Lives Matter protests which demonized police, actually led to more black lives being lost. Defunding the police actually led to more lives being lost. Arguing that the police weren't to be trusted or that they were the problem led to more lives being lost. That was an emotional response that broke many inner cities and many police departments, okay? So, when I see the immediate turn to politics, as soon as any of these events happen, I saw it with Joe Biden last night. I saw it just now with Beto O'Rourke storming into 
the press conference of Governor Greg Abbott of Texas and interrupting it. And I thought this was an embarrassment. I thought that Beto O'Rourke made himself look like even more what he's already been, which is a politician that has no chance to ever be elected in the state of Texas. If you were on the fence and you were uncertain who you supported in this race, I find it impossible to believe that any Texan is more likely to vote for Beto O'Rourke because he interrupted a press conference where Governor Greg Abbott was sharing all of the latest details surrounding that shooting, and you heard the mayor of that Texas town say that Beto O'Rourke was a son of a bitch and he should be embarrassed, and I agree completely with that mayor. It was disgusting behavior from Beto to immediately try to make this political in nature, okay? Uh, What we know is there were a lot of signs that this man was sick in the head. Governor Abbott says the gunman made three Facebook posts before the massacre saying, I'm going to shoot my grandmother. I shot my grandmother. I'm going to shoot an elementary school as well. All of these things were done for attention. That was why it occurred. And so for everybody out there, I think a question that we need to have, and this is a rational, intelligent discussion. Why is this happening now? For generations, we had no school shootings, basically, that were occurring at all. And then suddenly with Columbine, we have seen a spate of school shootings that happen all the time. What is occurring? What is the sickness? What is the reason why suddenly so many schools are becoming killing grounds. I don't know the answer. I think there are probably a lot of different influences, but I think that's a big discussion that we need to be having. What is not a productive discussion is deciding that you're going to suddenly, which a lot of people on social media are saying, okay, take away all the guns. All right, so let's be honest here. There are something like 350 million guns in America, and you are telling me that the government is going to confiscate all of them? Do you know who's not going to turn their guns over, by the way? Criminals. And also, by the way, there's the whole Second Amendment to deal with. So if you want to argue, hey, we need to repeal the Second Amendment, that's a political uh, move that you could potentially try to follow. Uh, I don't think you have a very good chance of making that a reality. What I'm more interested in is how do we prevent issues like these? And to me, how did the guy get into the school and... Uh, and what sort of warning signs were missed en route? Was there any sort of security that existed inside of the school? And if so, why did they not do their job? Okay, why did they not protect uh, the innocent inside of that school if they didn't? Those are questions that should be answered. What Beto is doing is, frankly, an absolute embarrassment. It's why he's never going to win a race in Texas. It's why Governor Greg Abbott is going to destroy him in November. Beto is making, imagine you're a parent and you're trying, or a family member, and you're trying to listen to the governor give the latest updates about what happened and how your children ended up losing their lives. And then Beto grandstands inside of that press conference, providing the latest news and details inside of the press conference. It's an embarrassment Frankly, if Beto wants to have a press conference, he can call one. 
anywhere, I'm sure, and some media will show up and be involved. The fact that he would show up in that situation at that point in time and force himself to be escorted out of the press conference that is giving us details about the 19 kids who lost their lives is 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 flat out outrageous and an embarrassment and a further example of what is happening all too often, which is immediately, immediately whenever an incident happens, it's immediately made political. If this shooter had been white, it would have been turned into an act of white supremacy. Shooter is Hispanic, so it turns into a gun control discussion. It's embarrassing how quickly the politics and the narrative is put in place here, okay? So, as part of this, you may have seen Steve Kerr addressing in the pregame his opinions on the shootings. Steve Kerr is demanding more laws be passed to make people in America safer. This is interesting because Steve Kerr is a perfect epitomization of what social media has created, which is people demanding emotional responses, even if they contradict and conflict with their prior emotional responses. Steve Kerr said two years ago, in the wake of George Floyd, that he wanted all police officers to be pulled out of schools. He uh, said, and I quote, I'm going to read a couple of quotes uh, from you. Uh, He said, we're pushing for community-driven process uh, so that we can have a collective safety plan. That was somebody else who's speaking. And Steve Kerr said that he wanted for police officers to be pulled out of the uh, schools. So, okay, hold on. Steve Kerr is going to show up before the Dallas Mavericks game and lecture everyone on the fact that there needs to be immediate legislation passed to make everyone safer. When two years ago, Steve Kerr responded to the George Floyd incident by saying he wanted all police officers pulled outside of schools because kids didn't feel safe there with police officers present. Wait a minute. My position, I think, is the right one. We should have more school security officers, police officers, inside of the school who are armed. My own kids in elementary school go to a school where there is an armed police officer inside of that school all day long, every day. All the kids know the officer. She is fantastic. I just went to the fifth grade graduation ceremony for my school The police officer spoke there. They love her. They gave her a gift, the fifth graders did, at the end of the school year. She helps to ensure that my kids are safer in that school than they otherwise would be. I want more officers like her in more schools all over the country. A real media, a real media would have responded to Steve Kerr's emotional outburst by saying, wait a minute, Steve Kerr, didn't you two years ago emotionally respond to George Floyd and say that you wanted all police officers pulled out of schools? You wanted police defunded. So now you want more laws passed in order to make kids safer. Explain to me why you have the exact opposite perspective now. You said 
Schools will be safer without police officers inside of them. Uh, We need those police officers gone. There's a school shooting. And now you are arguing there needs to be more laws passed to make kids safer. I want you to logically explain to me why those two positions that you are adopting here are not hypocritical. Not one single sports media member asked Steve Kerr about this. And let me tell you something. If you are going to decide to get political and enter the political arena, to me, all those cowards in the sports media who didn't say a word to you have an obligation to quiz you on your political statements. Two years ago, you didn't want police officers allowed in schools to protect kids. Now you're demanding that senators pass legislation to help protect kids. Isn't one of the best ways to protect kids to have armed security inside of those schools? We have armed security in banks. We have armed security in grocery stores sometimes now. We have armed securities in all sorts of retail establishment, malls and whatnot. I don't understand why it wouldn't also make sense to have armed security inside of a school. Steve Kerr is an emotional hypocrite. And what he said yesterday went viral and sports media were sharing it like crazy. Ask yourself why I'm the only person who pointed out Steve Kerr's hypocrisy here. It's because we're dealing with a rigged media. Sports media has the same opinion of an athlete or a coach. They grab it. They share it widely. They are basically the publicist of the athlete or of the coach. No one actually does what the job of a media person, by and large, should be, which is to speak truth to power. No one. Now, there's all sorts of opinions people can have. But if we're going to treat Steve Kerr like he's some sort of authority on ways to deal with violence in America, then at a minimum, his contradictory impulses should be brought to bear What's not contradictory here is Steve Kerr is reacting emotionally as opposed to logically. A logical response is what I'm saying. Hey, I'm in favor of armed security inside of schools. I want more police on the streets. I think that will lower levels of violence for everyone all over this country. An emotional response is Steve Kerr's pull all the police officers out of schools. And then on top of that, I also demand there be new legislation passed to make everyone safer. Well, you're arguing two different sides here. Either police are making people safer or they aren't. Either laws passed make people safer or they don't. And the fact that no one pushes back against Steve Kerr is the epitome of what's going wrong here. See, what Beto did and what Steve Kerr did is they behaved in a way way that gets rewarded on social media right? Being rational, being logical, actually walking through the data and discussing in a complex fashion, like an adult, big, serious issues, typically doesn't work on social media. It works here. It works on Clay and Buck. It works on OutKick. It's why we have such massive audiences. But just yelling and screaming, That goes viral on social media because it provokes an emotional response and it makes you feel better like children feel better when they throw fits 
but it isn't productive. What social media does, if you look at Beto and if you look at Steve Kerr, is it rewards childlike emotional fits. It doesn't actually reward adult discussions of complex issues. And if you even stop for a moment to discuss it, you're in a tiny minority. Think about this. Think about the number of people you saw sharing Steve Kerr's hypocritical take on the school shooting and how many other people even mentioned his prior take on George Floyd, which was get rid of all police officers in schools. Almost no one. Why is that? Shouldn't both sides of this be discussed? And look, I'll give Steve Kerr credit, just like I'll give anybody credit. Here's the thing. Nobody's in favor of more violence to young kids at school. That is something we all agree on. So when Joe Biden comes out and immediately makes this political, or Steve Kerr immediately makes this political, or Beto O'Rourke immediately make things political, before we even know all of the facts in this situation, who is actually being more productive and making kids safer? I think about this stuff all the time because I actually have kids in elementary school. Because I left my radio show today to go pick up my kids because it was a half day and this was the last day of school for the year for my first grader and my fifth grader. They're downstairs right now, probably playing Minecraft, probably playing FIFA, probably playing whatever video game you can imagine. And I'm going to finish this show and I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to say, hey, you guys need to do something productive with the rest of your day. You can't just sit around and play video games for eight hours. I'm not sure I'm going to win that argument on the first day they get out for school for the summer, but that's what they're going to do. So I think about this all the time, not only to protect my own kids, but to protect all kids. I want the same thing for all kids that my kids have had in their elementary school. Okay? Armed security and a lockdown school that makes it very difficult, if not impossible, for someone to get inside with a weapon without being confronted by armed security or without the police being able to respond and keep them from engaging in acts of extreme violence. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Again, why can we not have rational discussions like these? Because Steve Kerr's rant goes viral, and it doesn't even matter that his rant is the exact opposite of what he said two years ago in terms of protecting kids in school. One moment, you can't have uh, police officers. Uh, they have to be removed from school. Next moment, oh, we've got to have more legislation in order to protect people. And I would also like for the discussion to eventually move towards a really rational perspective, which is what law doesn't exist that allowed this 18-year-old to commit this crime? If you can point me to something 
that would have prevented this from happening if we changed a law that is legal to change, right? Because some people are saying, well, we just can't have any guns anywhere. Okay, that's not a rational adult response. Second Amendment exists. There are 350 million guns on the streets. You're not going to send the government out to go collect everyone's guns. First of all, it's impossible. Second, you would create unbelievable amounts of violence, right? Uh, And also, the criminals are not going to give over their guns. The reason why we have so many guns on the streets is because we have such unsafe streets. The people, white, black, Asian, and Hispanic, who are going out and buying guns in record numbers are not doing that by and large because they're trying to commit crimes. They're trying to prevent themselves and their families from being the victims of crimes. And did you notice what happened, by the way, when Ukraine got invaded? What do we do? Ship a ton of weapons over there so they could pass out guns to everybody so they could defend their homeland. So the Second Amendment, unless you believe you can get the votes to repeal it, which, guess what, you're not going to be able to do it, is not going away. So a lot of the conversations and the discussion on social media is irrational, childlike, emotional actions without underpinning factual support. So, again, that's my analysis there. Uh, All right, we also had three state primaries last night. Georgia, Alabama, Arkansas. We also had the runoffs in Texas. What do we learn? First of all, this is important. The data reflects that despite what we were all told about Jim Crow 2.0 and about how unfair the new voting laws were going to be, Uh, Here's the data. 1.9 million people voted in the primary in Georgia. That is a 63% increase over how many people voted in the primary in 2018. And it's nearly, nearly as many people as voted in the 2020 primary, which was a presidential election year and created massive interests in turnouts. Um, The percentage of the turnout, 63% of the voters were Republican. Uh, Brian Kemp crushed David Perdue. Herschel Walker locks up the nomination. Herschel, by the way, offshore, minus 250, the favorite to win this election against Raphael Warnock. Uh, And Governor Kemp now minus 400 to beat Stacey Abrams. What are my takeaways from Georgia? My takeaways from Georgia in particular are twofold. One, people are finished with 2020. You can be angry about the outcome of 2020. You can believe that based on COVID, the 2020 election was rigged, but people are over that and they are ready to have a referendum on Joe Biden and Stacey Abrams inside the state of Georgia. So fighting the rear guard action of what happened in 2020, Georgians are sending the message, 2022 is about the Biden administration and Stacey Abrams potentially running for governor. It is not in any way a referendum on what happened in 2020. So elections are forward thinking, not backward thinking. On top of that, Donald Trump, I do believe he's going to run in 2024. But he needs to look at these election results, in my opinion, and recognize that what people want from him is not a relitigation of 2020. It's a systemic attack 
on everything that Joe Biden has done as president. And what Trump, if I were sitting across from him, I would tell him this exact thing. What Trump needs to understand is the 2024 election and certainly the 2022 midterms are not a referendum on him. They're a referendum on the sitting president, Joe Biden. Republicans are going to win landslides in 2022 and in 2024 if they make this a referendum on Joe Biden and the Democrat Party failures instead of making it a referendum on Donald Trump. What Democrats are going to try to do is make 2022 and 2024 a referendum on Donald Trump as opposed to having to defend their own disastrous policy decisions that have led to 40-year high high inflation, uh, the worst border security at our southern border of all time, record high rates of murder all over the country, uh, a war in Europe, a baby formula shortage, and continued inability to make this country work for the vast majority of Americans. Easy question. Are you better off now with Joe Biden president or were you better off with Donald Trump president? I don't know there's very many people who can say they're better off for Joe Biden as president. So the referendum, what Georgia is telling us is it's about the future, Stacey Abrams and the direction of the country in terms of the votes. And two, if you're going to win in 2022 or 2024, you run against Joe Biden and what the Democrats have done as opposed to trying to make this a referendum on 2020 and whatever happened in that election. Uh, In Alabama, we got a runoff between Mo Brooks and Katie Britt. Katie Britt won substantially. Uh, We've invited both of them to come on the program. Uh, So far, Mo Brooks has agreed to come on. In Arkansas, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who was formerly the president's uh, spokesperson in the White House, is going to be the next governor of Arkansas. And in Texas, Uh, The final member of the Bush family, George P. Bush, appears to have lost his race for attorney general. Uh, Those are the big takeaways in general uh, from what was seen. But from a sports perspective, I am demanding yet again, Major League Baseball apologize to the city of Atlanta, to the Atlanta Braves, and bring back the All-Star game. I want Rob Manfred to acknowledge that he got everything completely wrong that far from this being Jim Crow 2.0 and a voter suppression bill, the number of voters has actually skyrocketed up 63% over the numbers that voted in the midterms in 2018. Nearly more people voted in 2022 in a midterm than voted in a presidential election year, which is unheard of. The election of 2022, based on this data, is going to have far more voters than the election of 2018 did. I believe Herschel Walker and Brian Kemp are going to win and the people of the state of Georgia are going to give back control of the Senate to Republicans and go ahead and keep their incumbent governor, uh, Brian Kemp, in office going forward. All right. I love all of you. My name is Clay Travis. Hug and kiss your kids. Let's have rational, intelligent discussions about what appropriate responses are to make them safer. Let's not allow emotion to overwhelm. Let's not behave like Beto and Steve Kerr. Let's be consistent. Let's be logical. Let's be adults. Let's protect our kids all over this country. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I am Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Show.